Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. This is Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports Station. Streaming through the Seattle Sports app. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross. Here we go now. Joining us right now on the Emerald Green Casino Sportsbook Hotline, he is part of Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio. It's Keyshawn Johnson. Keyshawn, how's it going? No, first of all, they're part of me. That's exactly right, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The most important part of Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max is joining us now. (laughs) Yay, there you go. (laughs) Hey, we actually had on um, another part of of your show. We were joking. We aren't going to tell you who it is, but he wasn't drafted. So just kind of like a hint. Uh, he joined us and, uh, and Max Kellerman said, you know, hey, I had my doubts about Geno Smith, but my co-host Keyshawn said, don't worry, the offense is going to look the same. It's going to be the same. He said that you had faith um, that, that Geno would be able to uh, to at least do, you know, some of the same stuff Russ could or make the offense look the same. Keyshawn, you might have been one of like five people who thought that. What about Geno? What about this offense uh, made you a bit more of a believer? Well, because I think I know a little bit more about football than most people. Um, I hate to be arrogant. I hate to be arrogant and say it that way. But you could, you just, when you know why certain things work, I understand the, the yeast that's put on packaging up a player and making a player bigger than what he is and making people feel like he's so big that you can't live without them. You give them money. You try and make a transition to a passing offense versus what you've always had success doing, which is running the football, playing solid defense, and having a quarterback doing just enough. But the quarterback doing just enough does it good that you win games. And everybody from a fan base and a media standpoint gravitates to the quarterback and pumps him up and make everybody believe the reason that a team is having success is because of this guy. And when I look at it and I watch Gino when he took over for Russell and I say to myself, I said, essentially for a guy that hasn't played as a starting quarterback in seven years, he's doing the same thing that, that Russell's doing. He's moving the ball. He's throwing it. They're scoring touchdowns. Uh, okay, so he's rusty. Once the rust falls off and he's the full-time starter without worrying about if I make a mistake, if I do this, I'm going to get yanked, he's going to be better for that. And so I tried to tell people when Pete Carroll made the decision to go with uh, to go with, with Geno instead of Russell and move on and grab Drew Locke, I said, man, Drew Locke ain't going to beat that kid out. He's not going to beat him out. I can promise you that. And I don't even know Gino, but I can promise you he's not going to beat him out. He beats him out. He doesn't beat him out. And I tell them, they're like, oh, what is Pete Carroll doing? I said, man, it's going to be the same thing. Mm-hmm. You watch what I watch what I tell you. They're, it's going to run the football. They're going to let him throw the ball. Less than 30 attempts a game. He's going to have about 200 and some yards every game. He's going to have a touchdown in the air. Maybe every now and then he has a turnover. Same thing. Same thing. Hey, Keyshawn, before I ask my question, i got to show some love, man. I grew up in Culver City right down the block from Dorsey where you went to school. So uh, just some some Cali love. I'm up here in Seattle. Still a legend in the game, man. Appreciate you. Um, 
But my question is, you, you spoke highly of Geno. You saw him filling for Russell a couple games years prior. You saw what he did this year. The question out here in Seattle is, can he duplicate yes, that? You, 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 yes, yes, he can, and you pay him the money. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And um, you, may, you, may not, you may not pay him $50 million a year, but you reward him. And Geno Smith is better than any quarterback you're going to get in college right now anyway. He's better than any. He's better than Bryce Young. He's better than T.J. Stroud. He's better than this Le- Levitt dude that everybody from Kentucky that they just <laughs> they want to make him the the next coming of whatever. For real. Uh, he's better than him. He's better than than Bryce Young. I mean, he's just better than Cooker. He's just seasoned. He's better than those guys right now. So I didn't say don't draft a quarterback. What I'm saying is he's your guy for the next two to three years while that guy gets ready to take over if Geno falters. I, I agree with you, man. Um, and there there have been numbers floating around about how much you used to pay Geno, my co-host, and I. We're, we're settled around 30 to $32 million, right? The franchise tag is 32 4 And we're saying, okay, if he were to go out there and, and get a tag, that would be the number. So we feel comfortable around that number. Is there a number that you say, okay, I wouldn't exceed uh, this number? I probably would pay him $35 million. Just because it's 32 you got to go over the tag. Mm-hmm. You always got to go over the tag. Remember that you got to go over the tag. So an average of thirty-five million a year, three years. What would that give you? A hundred and five million. Yeah. If my math is right. Yep. Is that is that right? Thirty-five a year, three. So there you go. You give him a three-year, one hundred five. You give him about sixty of it fully guaranteed, sixty to seventy of it fully guaranteed, and we're gonna keep it moving. Hey, Keyshawn, before we get to the Super Bowl. It's an easy easy deal for me to do. It's not that complicated. No, you're right. You're right. Like, it's, we've been, both Bump and I have been surprised by the number of people, the sheer number of people. We didn't think it would be controversial to say, like, hey, Gino was pretty good last year. Bring him back. (laughs) Why not? Right? Like, he's not getting, like you said, he's not getting 50 million a year. It's controversial because people don't want to pay quarterbacks. Like people here just broke up with Russell Wilson, essentially. And in their mind, Russell Wilson was keeping them from, you know, being a better team, which in a way, sometimes it's true. But also this team struggled with drafting. So now I think the most popular opinion I see here. You mean mean because you mean because they gave Russell Wilson some money? Yes. But the most popular opinion I see is the idea. And maybe it's because of what Brock Purdy did in San Francisco that you can go with Drew Locke and then spend all your money on defensive players and free agency. Oh no! Don't let the Brock don't let the Brock don't let the, don't let the Brock Purdy experiment cloud your mind. Don't don't do that. Don't don't let the Brock Purdy experiment cloud your mind. Our producer's dying you know, right well, now. You you just you can't no no you don't you can't do that. You know you, look you pay that dude okay and and if you think. That and you said it. Seattle drafted bad, so don't get caught up in. They gave all the money to Russell Wilson. That's that's a lie. That is such a lie. They could pay who they want to pay when they want to pay them. The Rams sure did it. They won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's just that is that drives me crazy when I hear people. Oh, they don't have any money. No, they have money. Yeah. 
It's do they want to spend the money? Sharpen your pencils and figure out how to make it fit under a $225 million cap. How about that? And if not, find a new capologist that knows how to manipulate the salary cap. Thank you, Key. I appreciate you saying that. Hey, I'm, I'm going to switch it over to uh, the big game this weekend, the Super Bowl. You got Mahomes versus Hurts. And uh, you got into a, a spirited debate. I believe it's with Dan Arlovsky. He put, I think, Pat Mahomes in the top five when it comes to quarterbacks. And um, I'm enjoying what I'm seeing out the dude. If he were to get this win this weekend, um, what do you think that does for his legacy? Obviously, Philly's a one-and-a-half-point favorite right now. We'll see how that changes. Would this be the biggest challenge for him so far with his situation, with the ankle and all that, and, and not having a couple guys, but still being able to get to the big game? Yeah, it's, it's a challenge. Um, and, and his ankle, you know, that ankle is distant memory as far as I'm concerned. That's in the past. It's a good story to keep talking about. But that ankle was three weeks ago, and he's gotten all sorts of treatment. He'll be his normal self in this particular game. And as far as Dan Orlowski goes, Dan Orlowski is a fool and a half <laughs> to put Patrick Mahomes as the number two quarterback on his top quarterbacks in NFL history, and there's no damn Joe Montana. Like, are you out of your damn mind? Like, like what? But, you know, certain Dan, Dan gets caught on the certain things you know, and, and he tried to tell you for years Josh uh, Carson Wentz was the guy, and then Josh Allen was going to do all these amazing things. And he also told me that Patrick Mahomes is going to continue to go to the Super Bowls, and I had to tell him the other day. I'm like, damn, it's not true. You don't just show up and go to Super Bowls just because Peyton Manning, I mean, just because Tom Brady went to 10, that doesn't, it doesn't happen. Yeah. Oh, you know, Patrick Mahomes is here to stay. Yes, as a quarterback. But there are a number of quarterbacks who have gone to Super Bowls and never gotten back. There's a number of them. (laughs) And there's a number of quarterbacks that have never made the Super Bowl. Who's to say Andy Reid doesn't coach, decides he's not going to coach two years from now? And then all of a sudden, he gets Spagnola as the head coach and he wants to run the football all the time and play defense. Like, you don't know that. So he needs to take advantage of this opportunity that's in front of him if he can against the Eagles. You think we're ever going to see again a quarterback do what, like, this sounds stupid, but what Tom Brady did? I mean, it seems like an unbreakable record. But what I mean, Keyshawn, is it feels like people think it's almost easier to win a Super Bowl because Tom Brady and the Patriots did it so often for 20 years. Yeah, but they, they it was difficult for them to do it, but they were able to do it because they just had a certain chemistry going mm-hmm. and certain things hitting in the right place. Remember, Tom Brady was a six-round pick, man. Tom Brady was so damn good, why he wasn't in the first round? <laughs> like, it took him a minute to become Tom Brady, and then all of a sudden some people in certain sports, they just fall into the right situation, and it becomes a well-armed machine, and they continue – continue to play at the level that they play at. That's some people. You know, Tom Brady's first three Super Bowls was about that defense and about that running game. It wasn't about no Tom Brady. You know what I mean? He made a couple of throws, but it certainly wasn't about Tom Brady. Even in his last Super Bowl, it wasn't about Tom Brady. We made it about Tom Brady because that's what we wanted to do. 
You know, it was like Peyton Manning's Super Bowl against the Chicago Bears. They won that game because it was Deacon Duncan to the backs in the flat, and the flats was and the backs was getting up and gaining extra yardage because nobody was on them. It wasn't about Peyton Manning throwing for 400 yards and shredding them, but we made it about Peyton Manning. We gave Peyton Manning the MVP because that's what we wanted to do. Hey, Key, last one I got for you. Um, I have to ask this question, getting a receiver on our line right now. Favorite receiver in the game right now, who do you like? Well, if my nephew was healthy, it would be him, but he's not healthy yet. Once he gets fully healthy and he gets back in, in the league on the team, uh, uh, back to the Saints or wherever he's going to wind up, if he winds up anywhere else, it'll be Michael Thomas. But right now, it's hard to go against A.J. Brown, Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase. Those dudes are kind of, you know, snack crackle popping. Uh, <laughs> Cooper Cup when he was healthy. You know, it's, it's a number of them that uh, shine. You know, it's, it's a number of them that shine. It, it's not because everybody's in different situations. Tyler Lockett, I love the death. I think Tyler Lockett's one of the best receivers in the league. But he ain't going to never get the credit mm-hmm. yeah. that he deserves just because that's how the league, they pick and choose who you want to push in the media circuit and – that's what they do. It's, it's, it, you know how it is, man. They're going to follow so-and-so and, and package him up and make you think he's bigger than life. Right. It's like, well, wait a minute, man. Tyler Lockett putting up numbers up there in Seattle. Well, <laughs> y'all think he chopped liver? Right. You should single him up then and see how that go for you. It's a fitting answer, Keyshawn, because this is the wide receiver show today. My co-host is a former wide receiver. We had Tyler Lockett on earlier. Uh, you're, you're, you know, ended oh, it all you? here. Yeah, oh, we did. Yeah, it's a wide receiver theme today, ending with Keyshawn Johnson. I could not think of a better representative here. So we appreciate you joining us. Don't forget, you guys can listen to listen to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio. Uh, if you miss any part of their show, you can listen either wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, or on ESPN.com com slash ESPN radio. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe if you go listen to the podcast. Thanks so much, Keyshawn. Appreciate and it. it. And it is not all hardcore sports, so don't think it That's is. That's right. It's really, really fun. And it's not only, I know some of you guys are, you know, looking for, you know, like Super Bowl stuff. They talked about the KD trade today. I don't know. A lot of you guys are KD fans. You're going to want to go back and listen if you missed it. All right. Thank you so much, Keyshawn. Appreciate you, bro. All right. No problem. This hour of Bump and Stacy is brought to you by Muckle Shoot Casino. Let's get to headline rewrites. Headline rewrites. We must make headlines. The real story behind the headlines in today's news with Bump and Stacy. Someone, by the way, is saying we need to make Keyshawn's. Oh no, a drop. Oh no, Brock Purdy. Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> headline. Number one, NBA trade deadline just going nuts right now. We're seeing moves all over the place. The biggest one, though, Kevin Durant going to the Phoenix Suns. What's the real headline? So KD recruited Brianna Stewart to the Liberty and then dipped. That's what I'm that's, that's yeah, what I'm taking from, from this headline. Now another headline could be more bad news for the Lakers. Yeah, um, KD is gone. I like the move, honestly. Him with CP3, you got Devin Book over there. Uh, they're going to make a run at this thing. Uh, before my Lakers, yeah. is that on our headline? Or do I do I wait to mention my Lakers? You can mention your Lakers. Can mention you can mention your Lakers. Yeah, we're, uh... what has ever stopped you from mentioning your Lakers? <laughs> True in the facts. Past? Facts.
Cry emoji. Poop emoji. <laughs> mad emoji. Sad emoji. I'm, that's what I'm feeling right now. <laughs> First, you miss out on Kyrie, who you you wouldn't have minded seeing with the Lakers. Nah. I know LeBron was trying to get him there, and obviously uh, the bad relationship between Kyrie and the Brooklyn Nets front office probably stopped a lot of that, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then now you have KD, who ends up going to a team within that division. Lakers already. That's in last the worst place. part. You got Katie out in the West now. You got Irving out in the West now, linked up with Luca. Yeah. I mean, the Lakers already were not contenders. Now there's absolutely bad. no chance. Just bad. Headline rewrites. Headline number two Russell Wilson's foundation is in hot water for only spending a fraction of their donations received on charitable activities. In the 2020 and 2021 years, what's the real headline? Looks like the only thing Russ is cooking is the books. Now, I liked your point earlier about, like, you know Russell Wilson well enough to give him the benefit of the doubt that this wasn't, like, this malicious Mm -hmm. kind of, like, oh, I'm going to steal money from people, but rather just an oversight with how an organization should be run, maybe handing too much power over to the wrong people, that kind of thing. Imagine all the things Russell Wilson is involved with. A lot of things on his plate. And this thing, his foundation probably started off as something small, something he was really involved in and hands-on, day-to-day emails, meetings, and all this stuff. But as you start to grow as a personality, as a football player, your fame, you start to hand jobs off to people. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you hand jobs off to people who aren't qualified to do the job, but you trust them as a person. That might be the situation here. It's hard for me to believe that Russell Wilson is going to stash a million dollars from these kids purposely. Now, he's responsible for this because he's the president of the charity. That's just how these things work. So he's got to make it right. He's got to make it right in a hurry. Well, and it's obviously... The issue is uh, employee salaries. For anyone who didn't check out the article, it's on USA Today. You can also find it on AZ Central. Uh, I believe it's on Yahoo Sports. It's part of a five-part series. So Russell Wilson isn't the only athlete and athlete charity being examined. He's just the second installment of the series. Um, But it looks at the Walter Payton Man of the Year award winners, the charities that they're involved in, and basically explores the broader themes of athletes sometimes being involved with charities where – you know, you enter it as someone who's not an expert on 501c3 organizations, who's not an expert on Better nonprofits. You, you know what I mean? Like it's you you want to get involved with your community and do these things. And then you end up getting a lot of the wrong people uh, on board with you. So who knows if that's what happened uh, with Russ. But three it's something you need to fix. Three, three executives, executives. Over 400K. You're paying these people. That's the thing. Come on. Now. So you have someone with an organization uh, that is running between one and five million in donations or worth of services getting paid, what, $300,000? Like, it's just not right. Ain't right. Headline rewrites. Headline number three, NFLPA President Demora Smith has called for the NFL to end the combine. What's the real headline? He's not wrong, but the combine probably isn't going anywhere. No, and we know why the combine isn't going anywhere. First and foremost, NFL makes money off of it. And they're in the money-making business, entertainment business at that. And you look at what the Combine does. It allows the public to get eyes on guys they probably haven't seen before, but not in really the football way. It allows teams to devalue people, too, because that's business, right? You want to get the best for the cheapest you can get them. That's why they go and see 32 doctors. They're looking for something. They're not Mm -hmm. looking to see. We just want to see how healthy this young man is. No, we want to see that ankle that was broken, dog. How's that shoulder doing? I heard you got a respiratory type deal going. They're looking for ways not to pay these guys. Now, 
there are a few guys who benefit from the combine. There are three or five guys who come out of nowhere who are now all of a sudden a first-round draft pick because they perform greatly. Most guys don't benefit from this. If you are a high-profile college football athlete, you're not running the 40. Mm-hmm. You're not doing any of those drills. Come to my pro day in a controlled environment that I control, and I'll run some routes for you. So it's I understand the combine, and I think that it is in some way an honor to go there because only 13, 319 players are invited there. But, man, if you are in any position of leverage, if you are a first-round pick, do your pro day, stay at home. A plus that did come from the combine, though, is that they found Tyler Lockett's um, heart condition. Mm-hmm. So there's some good, but the NFL didn't do that to, to find guys' heart conditions. No. <laughs> they did that to see where can we save money on these guys. How much can we take off the top? Yep. That's exactly what it is. You mentioned um, yesterday during uh, Four Down Territory another thing about the combine is that sometimes it, like, you, you hear this and you think, oh, well, it benefits teams. Teams, before they invest, make sure they want to have the right investment. Well, sometimes it doesn't really help teams either because you talked about all the guys that teams have drafted that had amazing combine numbers when really the best guys were guys that didn't stand out in the same way because you had to watch tape on them anyway. I kid you not. I will not reveal this young man's name. I played with a guy faster than me, way faster than me, ran a 4-3, never touched the field if it wasn't on special teams for Washington State University. He got invited to the Raiders camp just because he ran a 4-3. Never made it. I knew he wasn't going to make it. Cool dude. But uh, that's how flawed this process is. It's it's all jacked up, man. Well, and it's looking at all the... Yes, having an elite athlete is tempting. But in a lot of situations when we've seen teams go after an elite athlete, it has played more like John Ross, no offense, go dogs, than it has like DK Metcalf. Yeah. Mo- most of these careers aren't going to pan out to have 10 years on that thing. Yeah. But um, it's amazing that me running... 40 yards in a straight line can determine how high I go in a draft. You never run 40 yards straight in football. No. Kick off, cover maybe. Kick return if you break one. You're still playing with angles and stuff. It's just flawed, man. Turn on the film. I'll show you a good football player. Give me five minutes of his best film. And his notes. Give me five minutes of a game. And I'll tell you, the dude can play or not. Also, like, the weird questions that players get during all these interviews. It's almost like you're putting guys through the gauntlet for... It's trying to be justified as, well, we want to see how far we can push him. We want to see how he responds. He's interviewing for a job. Yeah. Like, not, you know, not going through military training. Exactly. (laughs) Like, you don't need to pepper him with all these crazy questions. Just, hey, like, what do you like about football? What do you like doing? How do you see yourself as a player? You know, and then you can ask him specifics. Why'd you make this play? Why'd you make that decision? But, like, he's not going to get questions that are insane during press conferences as a player. You don't need to ask them during this interview process. Nope. All right. Um, Coming up in NFL headlines, Patrick Mahomes explains how he sees the MVP award. A lot of you guys might really agree. Uh, The Seahawks aren't the only team to make a decision on a defensive player's fifth-year option. Ron Rivera talked about whether or not the team will pick up Chase Young's and also offered a very interesting take on how motivation works. That's next. Bumpin' Stacy, Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. On Seattle's Sports Station. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Rost. All right, taking a look around the NFL, we're going to start with one of the bigger stories in the NFL and an important piece of added context that uh, we think it needs. So you guys have already heard, because we've talked about it today, about the allegations toward Russell Wilson's Why Not You Foundation charity, about... Um, not necessarily a misuse of funds, but about um, not 
an exorbitant amount of money going towards uh, salaries as opposed to donations. It's not that they're not still donating. It's part of a five-part series. It's not Russell Wilson's charity alone that's being investigated. Uh, And as we were talking about it, Bump, you wanted to note something really important. Yeah, man. I think um, we're giving Russell Wilson a lot of attention, and I think that he deserves the attention because he is the president of his company uh, that it's supposed to be helping kids out and he's money's going to the wrong place and we're making a big deal out of this. And I think it's going to be in the headlines for a while, but I also don't want people to forget about Brett Favre because we're giving, I'm giving Russell Wilson the benefit of the doubt, nothing in his career, nothing in his person has said, this is the type of dude that he is. Should he be held responsible? Yes, you have to be held responsible. I'm not saying he shouldn't be held responsible, Mm -hmm. but it's just funny to me how, this Brett Favre thing has disappeared. This dude willingly and knowingly took money from the poorest people in the poorest state in the United States. It blows my mind, yet somehow we're not talking about this anymore. So because we're not talking about it anymore and we're going hard on Russell Wilson, I just want to throw a friendly reminder out there. Please keep holding Brett Favre accountable for the nastiness, the shadiness that he has brought to himself, his family, and the state of Mississippi while we hold Russell Wilson accountable for what I believe is just not knowing what's going on and there was no malice in this situation. Yeah. Thank you for giving me my room, Stace. No, no. It's it's an important room to take and also important to note that uh, as of – let's see when this article is from – as of – December, so this may have changed, Brett Favre hadn't paid back uh, money that he orchestrated for the Mississippi Community Education Center to pay to the University of Southern Mississippi Athletic Foundation. Uh, it's for the construction Why? of a volleyball his center. Exactly. Volleyball. His daughter played volleyball at uh, the Southern Mississippi. Uh, so, again, um, one is about a player that's in headlines right now and is kind of this like bandwagon, let's all hate Russell Wilson. And it's not good. It's not excusing it. However, the other very important to note is about one of the most famous players in football. So you can't say it's because he's not playing. It's about one of the most famous players in football history. And it's also part of the largest corruption case in Mississippi state history. Not just about some, you know, a handful of uh, employees getting $200,000 salaries and what's up with that. It's about a dangerous misuse of funds that are important for other people. Both need to be held accountable. Yeah. And one isn't. Let's, let's not forget Fox. And one, we don't talk about him enough. And one isn't. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's get to, let's see. We got three other headlines here in NFL headlines I wanted to get uh, your opinion on. Let's start with the Miami Dolphins, who have hired former Broncos offensive line coach Butch Berry. Why does this matter to you, and why is it making NFL headlines? Because it turns out when Butch Berry's firing was announced by interim head coach uh, for the Denver Broncos, the team at a team meeting reportedly applauded. I've never heard of anything like this. So let me add a little more context, Mm. and then I want you to tell me what you think. Benjamin Albright um, added some more context to this. He said, his style of offering criticisms without correction didn't go over well here. He left notes on lockers instead of in-person communication. Multiple players suggested he didn't seem to know what he was doing, and replacing Munchak was always going to be difficult for anyone. When players don't believe in a coach and what he's teaching, and he's not doing it with conviction, And with truth, they're going to sniff that out immediately. They'll do that in high school, especially in the NFL. And now you're giving, you're writing notes to players? What is this? When I was in high school, we didn't have like phones like that. We were texting. We used to write notes and put it in a girl's locker that we liked. You know what I'm saying? We don't live in that age no more, especially when you're dealing with grown men. You got to be able to look a man in the eye and say, look, this is what you're doing wrong. This is how you correct it. Or you lose all credibility. And the players are standing up and cheering. It's not just the linemen. (laughs) 
I imagine there's like <laughs> 30 other players. Let's go. You got kickers clapping. <laughs> Get rid of them. Love it. Oh, that's all bad. I, I hope the notes were still like eighth grade style love notes. Hey, do you want to do drills uh, later today? Check yes or no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, or maybe. I like your blocking, oh, winking, high, you know, like heart emoji. Uh, next up, Patrick Mahomes could win his second MVP tonight, but he had some interesting stuff to say about the award, that it's essentially a team award. He said, quote, in order to win the MVP, you have to be on a great team, and especially at quarterback, you have to have great players around you because you're throwing the football, but they got to make the plays happen. As much as you take pride in winning that award for yourself, teams take pride in winning that award because it's a team award, really, in a sense. It is a team award because football is the ultimate team sport. But he's undeniably the best quarterback in the game. And this is a quarterback award. You know what I'm saying? So good for We're talking Pat Mahomes, right? Mm-hmm. All right, you gave me the look like I was on the wrong path right no, now. Okay. No, I, All just, right. so, I was silently coughing. Uh, so Pat Mahomes <laughs> is undeniable. That's what good players do. You, you deflect all the attention and you give it to everyone else because he understands you need linemen to block. You need receivers to catch. You need coaches to coach. But he is the thing that makes this team go and this league go right now the most popular player by far. Well, and I think sometimes what happens with players like this where everyone can almost unanimously agree that Patrick Mahomes is an amazing player is that we often think, oh, the player, the quarterback makes the team a Super Bowl team. Now, do you win a Super Bowl, get back to another, uh, get to all these AFC conference championships without Patrick Mahomes? I don't know. He is an unreal, otherworldly talent. But Patrick Mahomes also landed on a team with, at the time, Tyreek Hill, with Travis Kelsey. They went out and got a lot of great offensive linemen. Didn't have them for a while, but went out and bought them. You had Andy Reid. You had Eric Bieniemy, right? Like, you have, you have Chris Jones. They traded for Frank Clark. Like, it's not just Patrick Mahomes leading the 32nd-ranked defense to a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So, team important sport. to note, team yep. sport. Uh, all right, next up here. Um, the Seahawks need to make a decision about whether to exercise the fifth-year option on linebacker Jordan Brooks. You guys already knew that. That's not the story. The story is that another team is making a decision on a bigger defensive name. Commanders head coach Ron Rivera told the Richmond Times-Dispatch that he uh, that the team has not decided uh, whether or not they're going to pick up Chase Young's fifth-year option. Now, he noted that um, Deron Payne, who had a chance to be extended by the team, instead played under the option, so it was a make-or-break year. They said after the team decided not to offer him an extension, he went on to have a career year. So maybe Chase could look at it as motivation. Said Rivera, if you look at what Deron did, why wouldn't you think of it that way? Believe me, that would be my approach, especially looking at what Deron did in the situation he put himself in. It cost us, but it cost us in a good way because the young man played. He did things the right way. He didn't sit out. He didn't withhold. Now we're in a position where we have to find a way to say, okay, you've earned it. That's a way to look at it. And that's a way that um, could be beneficial if you look at it that way. But if I'm Chase Young, I'm also looking at it like I've been hurt, man. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to secure my future at the same time. Um, so I think both sides are right in this deal. You can use it as motivation. That's what Deron did. But I think Chase is just being cautious. He's he, Why wouldn't you want to get paid right now? You know what I'm saying? It's not like um, that is ridiculous of him to want or to be in that position. But, yeah, if you don't get your money, then you should use it as motivation. And if you look at the history of sports, I want to say in most major sports, for some reason, some guys start to ball out, man. When money's on the line, you have the opportunity to make even more. So maybe that's what happens with Chase Young. But I ain't mad at him for trying to get paid right now. How often do you think guys legitimately 
don't play as hard when they get paid or sometimes is it just natural regression? Because I think sometimes people say, oh, once you pay a guy, he's not going to play. But I also think that, A, guys get paid when they're out of their rookie deals, meaning they're older. So there's natural regression. And B, sometimes people just have down years. Yeah, I think if you were to pay me a signing bonus of $30 million when I got into the NFL, I'm not saying that I wouldn't play as hard. I wouldn't train as hard. But life is good. The hunger just isn't there anymore the way it used to be. Now, there are some guys who are able to tap into that regardless of what happens. Those guys go into the Hall of Fame and and have great careers. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people, why do you play the game? You play the game to win, win championships. But most importantly, you play the game to take care of your folks. And when you do something like that, there's a sense of just accomplishment and ease. Like, okay, I've, I've... I've taken care of everything I'm supposed to as a man or a woman. Yeah, accomplishment's the right word, right? Because there's a sense of, not finality, but it's like, okay, that's one box checked. And and you're no longer reaching after that. But, I mean, you make it to the NFL, you're trying to be in the Hall of Fame. Like, it's not like you just stop trying. So, uh, a good point, though. Um, All right, so... Listen to this. We have a text in from the 360. This Keyshawn Johnson's interview is getting so much traction and so much reaction from people. I loved it. I was laughing out loud throughout half of it. Uh, But he made so many good takes. Um, 360 says, sorry, I was driving when you were talking to Keyshawn about paying Gino. Why does everyone want to pay 30 to 35 million for a guy that it took 11 years to show out? I love Gino, his attitude, leadership, all that. But it makes no sense to use all your salary cap on Gino. That exact same result will happen. A mediocre team that may or may not make the playoffs but can't stop anyone, meaning that exact same result from the year before. So we're going to get back to some of the important things that we felt Keyshawn said, things that stood out uh, from us um, or to us coming up at one. So if you missed the interview, if you want to sound off about some of what he said, we're going to do that at one. Before then, we had another wide receiver on bump. We asked Tyler Lockett what he wants us to know about Geno Smith. We'll tell you what he said next. Bumpin' Stacy, Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. On Seattle's Sports Station. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Rost. We learned a lot from both receivers who joined us today, and we're going to tell you back to back. Uh, lots of stuff from Keyshawn Johnson coming up at the top of the hour, 1 p.m. before we get to it. We asked Tyler Lockett what he wants us to know about Geno Smith and Geno's 2022 season. Here's what Tyler said. The type of season that Geno had, I don't think it really surprised any of us in-house. We've got the opportunity ever since Geno came to see everything that he could do. And the thing that a lot of people don't understand, too, is that when he was with the twos, you know, when he was there with us the last couple of years, he was always going against the number one defense. And so a lot of people don't really understand that when they see people that was on scout team move up with the ones, it's like, well, they've gone against the best defenses a numerous amount of times every single day. Bump, your quick reaction. My quick reaction is I remember being on the scout team going up against the ones. And that's where you earn respect because you're set up to fail. Mm -hmm. right? You don't have the talent that they have, the quarterback they have, the line that they have. You're the school being paid to take on Alabama. I'm I'm being paid to go up against. Your Eastern Western Christian (laughs) Texan University. Northeastern Texas, South Alabama State. (laughs) Going up against Alabama. Great veterinary program. Right. And if, and if you make plays against those guys, that's where you earn their respect because they know that. They're supposed yeah. to dominate. Yeah. So what I hear is Gino made some throws and guys are like, you see that? They're tapping each other. They're watching film. They're like, man, you see that throw by Gino? And then you start to watch him a bit more. You start to 
pay attention to even more of his throws and what he does and how he composes himself out there. And then you're like, if we have to go here, yeah. I'm okay with that because he's earned our respect Monday through Thursday. Pete Carroll was so confident about Gino. He was confident about Gino before Gino was on the roster. He seemed confident about Gino, even though they said it was an open quarterback battle. Bump, you, me, Curtis, our moms, everyone knew that this wasn't a true open quarterback battle because Gino took snaps with the ones yeah. almost 100% of the time. And mm-hmm. during camp, we were like, why? Like, Drew's got this big arm. Like, maybe he's he's making some fun plays. Like, what's going to happen? And I wonder how much of it was because of what Gino showed during those closed practices, during those indoor practices, in practices prior to this season where he was curating some of that confidence with people. And this kind of makes me wonder – you know, like, how often do we see the argument of Gino didn't do anything until this year? Gino didn't have 11 years as a starter. No, no. And uh, to kind of go back to what you first said, mm-hmm. um, you got to start somewhere when it comes to depth chart. right? So if you are Pete Carroll, John Schneider, Shane Waldron, you're going to start with a guy who's been in the league for 10 years, who already has a relationship with this organization yeah. and go, Okay, it's your job to lose at this point. Yes. You got to start somewhere. So I think that's where you have to start. And then you go from there. You see him make more plays. They chart every single throw, every single decision at practice. He's making better decisions. His completion percentage is higher. He understands the offense a bit more. Then he starts to separate himself. It's nice to look at the young fellow with the big arm and more athletic ability. He's younger, he's fresher, and say, man, why don't we go with that? But at some, time, at some point, you got to look at the data and say, all right, well, he's doing nothing mm-hmm. to lose this job. What was your second point? Uh, just the idea of that Gino wasn't going to be taking the job from Russell Wilson, Eli Manning, or oh. Phillip Rivers. Yeah, because you said he's been in the league for, and that's an excuse, right? Well, he's been in the league for so long. How come he didn't? He wasn't a starting quarterback. All right, because he had four bad years with the Jets, and now you're backing up all these Hall of Famers. You're not going to take their job unless someone is hurt or unless you have a head coach who ruins Eli's starting streak mm-hmm. and gives you a start in the next year. Boom, you're, uh, next week you're back on the bench. He was just, that was the role he was put in by the NFL. You are a backup quarterback unless disaster happens. Disaster didn't happen. Yeah, You had a quarterback who wanted out, and you started the offseason as a number one QB and never let it go. Here's some more of what Tyler told us about Gino. When he finally got his opportunity, I mean, it just showed that all the work, the dedication, the mindset, all that stuff played a part in him finally being able to get his opportunity. A lot of people, they just want to wait until their chance is finally there. and Then it's like, I'm going to start working hard. I'm going to start watching film. But it's like in order for that opportunity to even come about for him, he had to be able to show within those years where he wasn't playing his capabilities and what he could be able to do so that when that opportunity did open up, a team could be able to have that that faith in him mm-hmm. to know that he could be the type of player that he just showed that he could be. Again, this is a player you would want to pay. I mean, I, I'm openly biased. It's, I'm not biased. I have an opinion. It's sports radio. My opinion mm-hmm. is you should keep Gino, assuming that it's a reasonable amount. It's not like $40, 45000000 million, right? But this is a guy who players seem to like. He resonates with players. He has a good connection with players. Um, he was working hard. I, I just, I guess, I am not promising that Gino would never regress mm-hmm. or struggle in in year two as a starter. I don't know that I saw anything that made me think everything he was doing was a fluke. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think you can. Well, we've seen quarterbacks have good years, and. The quarterback I always hear when it comes to comparing Geno 
to anybody is Case Keenum. Case Keenum had a good year with the Vikings, I believe, and then he goes over to the Broncos and struggles over there. And I understand that because that's what you have to compare it to. But I also just look at or listen to the way that his teammates talk about him and the way his coaches talk about him, and I just believe it. Now, you don't have to believe it because you can say Case Keenum Mm -hmm. went to Denver. It didn't work out. Could it be that Case Keenum was in a situation where him and the OC didn't get along or he didn't understand the offense or something? Not not excuses. This is reality. And I think once you start trying to paint a picture for situations in the NFL, people start to think that you're making excuses when it's like, no, this stuff really happens. I'm speaking from experience. I've seen the way Seneca Wallace handled stuff, the way Matt Hasselbeck handled things, the way Charlie Fry handled things. I've seen it. Uh, this is it. Half of success in the NFL or any sport is being in the right situation. And a lot of times you have success. You move on. You make your money. You might not go to the right situation. You went to the situation where you could make the most money. So there, there's endless possibilities of why things happen. And there's no guarantee that Gino, if he does resign here, is going to have a great year. I just believe in it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Don't forget, you guys can subscribe to the Bump and Stacy podcast wherever you get your podcast, whether it's on Apple Play, Google, or Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, whatever. Um, most especially if you're using Apple Podcasts, make sure you rate, review, subscribe. We would so much appreciate it. Uh, coming up next, one of my favorite interviews. Bump, this might be my favorite interview we've done so far this year. We've had some really fun ones. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're only in February. We've had some good ones. But I really, really, really enjoyed our conversation with Keyshawn Johnson. We talked about everything. We talked about whether you pay Gino. We talked about uh, what he thought about Brock Purdy. You guys are going to love his reaction to that. We talked about um, the Eagles a bit, right? Patrick Mahomes. I mean, we Mm -hmm. talked about everything. His responses about Gino and about how you build a team got the most reaction from you guys. We're going to remind you of what he said and then continue that conversation next.